Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. And if you're going to have a football league with 64 teams... You're going to have a bunch of teams that go 1-11. and 11. Pete Thamel! They doubled down again and again and again and lost and lost and lost and lost. And now they're like dragging out of the casino at 7 a.m. Try to start their retirement account again, like one penny at a time. With SI's Pat Forty! I'm going to be fairly judicious with the old 7-Eleven sushi. Here's Pat, Pete, and Dan! I right, welcome to the pod. I believe this is the first intercontinental pod we've ever done. You can even say interplanetary because I'm in Hoover, Alabama. <laughs> Pete is at the courtyard in Hoover and he's bragging about his palatial room and I can't <laughs> argue with him. First of all, I'm not bragging about anything about the courtyard in Hoover, but compared to compared to the closets you guys have been locked in. No, for we have weeks. no closets. We have no closets. Okay, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the non, the closetless. That's because you're in it. I'm worried yes. that we are the closet. I don't ask for a ton, but like if you're going to be somewhere for three weeks, like somewhere to put your clothes, some little drawer, <laughs> it's a small room. 121 square feet over here, I think. 11 by oh. 11. But I'm not sure it's even that. That counts the bathroom, by the way. But that's our right there with you. Yeah. So anyway, we uh, Pat and I made it. There was a lot of concern on uh, Twitter on our trip. How drunk were we? How, <laughs> was there enough? We did. Uh, we did have some pre-flight cocktails. The lot at the Fountain Bar at the Detroit Metro Airport. A couple of Pat's co-workers from Sports Illustrated came by and seemed a little aghast, a little taken aback. Maybe not surprised. They weren't down with the 11 a.m. Uh, beer pour. Yeah. They later complained that they didn't sleep on the plane. And <laughs> I I knocked out for a while. That's the that's why you do it. Exactly. What I've learned the last 48 hours, if anyone hosts a podcast that analyzes Detroit airport bars, Dan would be a really <laughs> good guest. <laughs> I flew through Detroit to go home on Sunday, and I sent a picture from the place I was eating a salad at 11 a.m. And <laughs> Dan was like, oh, that's Plum Market. <laughs> You know, say hi to say hi to Andrea and Bill, the bartenders. <laughs> I got a good signature drink from the uh, fountain bar today. What you did? did. Yeah, I said, what do you drink at 1030 in the morning when you're about to get on a flight for 14 hours? And uh, I mean, if anyone would know, it's the bartender at the international gates. The real the real uh, development 
was there were only 34 people on our flight. <laughs> Delta took a beating on this one. Oh, the plane sat three, four hundred. I don't know. A lot. Uh, I got upgraded to the palatial Delta one suite. Pat was in limited recline 83 E, I believe. <laughs> where he belonged. And Pat's probably for our listeners, what, four inches taller than you, Dan? Uh, at least. Uh, and he was trying to. Oh, it's fine back here. There's uh, not that many people on the plane. This is uh, this is great. Well, I was up there having champagne and strawberries. This, uh, For the record, you came out of there saying it was actually too confining in your like lay down bed thing. They have a, too much stuff. There was a little too much stuff. I needed a more simplified pod up front. Yeah, it's got the lay flat bed, little comforter. Oh, life was good. The 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 picture of the slippers to the group text is really a nice touch. They give you slippers. <laughs> Delta I slippers. I got slippers too. I, I they were I just they, they I, there was too much stuff. Like I had slippers, headphones, pillow, this that. I didn't even see the slippers until we were like halfway over Alaska. Uh, we flew by Denali. Did you see that? Were you awake for that? Yeah, that was pretty cool. Got a good view of that. Did you watch that? any movies? Like fourteen hours is a long time. Yeah, I. Uh, I wrote a 2,500-word magazine story and watched Citizen Kane and slept all three. I watched Gran Torino, and I tried to watch Nomadland. That was the boringest movie ever. I quit that one. You ever heard of that movie? It sucks. Chuck Culpepper loves it. I have not seen it. Uh, I mean, I like Chuck, but what? what no. What are you drinking, Pat? What Japanese concoction is that? Uh, premium Yabisu beer. Where, where'd okay. you get the beer? Uh, you see, I'm living large over here. Let's go through the TikTok here. Let's give them the TikTok, okay? All We've right. given them the drinks in the airport. We've given them your your luxury. Let's uh, spend more time talking about my luxury flight and yours not luxury flight. Yeah. Now, uh, we will get to some college football, but yeah. So we do get to Japan, and I'm going to tell you what. Based on my experience today with the COVID protocols, testing situation, and general organization of this operation, uh, if there was a BetMGM line on this, it would be negative 10,000 that this will turn into a complete and utter show. <laughs> if I got COVID, it's because of what the Japanese government made me do today to not get COVID. Yeah. <laughs> it took over five hours to get from the airport, through the airport, and to uh, my hotel. That's how long the process is. I don't even know how to describe it, Pat. It would, I mean, we had. I think I showed thirty different people my passport today. Oh, it's checkpoint after checkpoint, and you just get you have this sheaf of papers that just keeps getting larger and larger and larger as you collect paperwork and fill out paperwork. But the biggest, yeah, to Dan's point, they they are hurting hundreds and hundreds of people <laughs> through this maze of lines Disney world and there's no social distancing whatsoever like if the german national team has an outbreak dan and i are done the germans do not hold their space oh no their their basketball team must be terrible no spacing they're right on top of you i'm like listen (laughs) dude it's your olympics i'm trying to get thrown out of here (laughs) (laughs) but that's the thing they're so uptight about all this stuff, and then there's no social distancing whatsoever. It's just like, ah, just cattle call them through. Uh, and then at the very end of the gauntlet, I, and I don't want to get too far ahead here, but we 
we we are packed onto a bus of about 45 people and taken to the trans- transportation mall where we're going to get taxis to our hotels. <laughs> Guy gets on there and says very earnestly, uh, to keep everybody safe, one person per taxi. And so, like, <laughs> me and my SI coworkers are all staying at the same hotel, but he makes us go one at a time in one taxi each to then take the taxis all to the same place after we've all been on the bus crammed in together. Yeah, you so there's to no a bus sense of whatsoever in that. that you can't have more than one in a taxi. That cab company's living large tonight, baby, with those kickbacks. Yeah, there <laughs> is a. They took care of some government official in Japan for that that system. I mean, I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, you just you you go and there's a there's a desk and there's another desk and there's just these endless parade of of workers and you got to spit in a thing and get a COVID test. And then you wait for the COVID test, and then you got to fill out a form about the test. Then you got to wait in another line to get the. Uh, I mean, it's just incredible. People got six hours in that line. Yeah, my favorite was they had a, a thing you had to fill out, and it said, uh, uh, "I have it right here." Uh, have you been to any of the following regions in the past fourteen days? Asia, Europe, Africa, Middle East, North America, Latin America, and the Caribbean. Oceania, it was not on the list. I mean, that's pretty much 80% of the world. If you've been to any of, yes, I have, I am a resident of Earth. <laughs> you look, I mean, what, who, what is this forum going to do? Um, Pete just made it through SEC Media Day security and it's got nothing. My only travel anecdote is I walked in and, and uh, I said, you know, where, where do you pick up the credentials? And they said, go down Radio Row to your right. And I went down Radio Row to my right and there was a Belk. And I was like, well, I'm at SEC Media Days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The Belk, the Belk at the uh, Winfrey Mall. Yeah. Got to be a thousand workers at the airport, including this one woman who I thought her, she had the best job. At the end, she waves a sign around with pictures of like bacon and ham and fruit. And stops everyone to say, do you have any of this in your bag? You have to declare it. That's her job. She was the meat lady. She's the meat and fruit lady. She's got this big sign. And then she actually snags someone, was so excited. This guy <laughs> handed over like a pastrami sandwich or something. I don't know what. <laughs> Italian sub. And she took it and got ran down. And you know, all the workers are excited. They had lunch. This poor guy. <laughs> It's like the Japanese version of UTEP night at the Slippery Noodle. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's uh, what do you do? Oh, I'm working at the airport. What's your job? I'm the meat and fruit lady. I harass international, tra- bleary eyed international travelers and make sure they don't sneak an Italian sub into the country. Because <laughs> that was problem. kind of a yeah, low end of the totem pole uh, job there, the meat and fruit lady. Yeah, I think she was hoping to move up to something more friendly. Uh, you know, at least be the one that points to the Delta baggage. Yeah, right. Uh, our best move, though, was stop drinking on the plane after a little while. Because if it, if you gotten drunk a second time on the flight, that 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 gauntlet would have been unbelievable. Do you have like last call? My my last call was with the first meal. But what did you have for dinner, Dan Wetzel? They were carving up steaks, and Kobe beef, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were. <laughs> No, oh, no. When you got when you got to the hotel, no Uber Eats. Got Uber Eats. It's got some tacos. How was it? Eh. Like just the efficiency and all that stuff. So. Yeah, pretty pretty normal. Yeah, dude showed up. Looked like the looked like the Uber guy from home. <laughs> just had a bag of tacos. Had three tacos. So I was pretty happy. 
I went to the 7-Eleven down the block. And uh, let me tell you. Is that contraband? Can you do that? No, you can. Yes, we are allowed to go to the 7-Eleven. Oh, Oh, taqueritos. Yes, my my (laughs) 7-Eleven is a little different here. Shark fin soup and like 9 million things to microwave where, of course, we have no microwave in our hotel. I mean, maybe there's one down in the lobby here, but there's not one here. So I ended up with some sliced ham, some crackers, some cherry tomatoes, and two Japanese beers. Well, I, I mean, that's not bad. All right, so we solved the alcohol problem. So you couldn't get the shark fin soup because you couldn't heat it up? <laughs> that was your obstacle? <laughs> yeah, well, I probably wasn't going to get it anyway. <laughs> I did buy something at the airport, some kind of sandwich. I, I opened it, and that just threw it away. I didn't eat it. Uh, so, all right. Do I they have gas station sushi? Like, is like 7-Eleven have sushi? They, there was like some rolls at the 7-Eleven, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I got to do it. Yeah, it was like 7 p.m. And those were probably rolled at like 7 a.m. I don't know. I'm going to be I'm going to be fairly judicious with the old 7-Eleven sushi. Uh, All right. Anyway, we made it. So Pat apparently solved the alcohol problem. I have not. But if I'll I'll sneak into his 7-Eleven. Not only we got 7-Eleven with a ton of beer, but we also have vending machines on the floor on my floor with beer. What the hell kind of deal you got going on over there? It's why he left our little website for that big New York City magazine, Dan. <laughs> well, I'm glad I I'm glad I lapped up the luxury on the flight. Pete, what happened to the SEC media today? So this is my first SEC media day, and uh, Paul, it is tamped down version of what I was told is the normal SEC media day. Uh, Radio Row is about a third of the size and, you know, just COVID protocols, all, all that stuff. Uh, yeah, it's it is not an event designed for reporters. It is an event designed for the SEC network to televise SEC Media Day. And the reporters are just sort of hustled into a, a room and, and, and put in their little uh, put in their little box. So. Uh, Dan Mullen trotted out yesterday after Greg Sankey. So Greg Sankey let off Dan Mullen, uh, Coach O, and then uh, Shane Beamer. Shane Beamer had been waiting his whole life to give the SEC Media Day speech. Like, he name-checked, like, the cameraman on the SEC network. He name-checked, like, his wife had been a Mississippi State intern who worked at media. Like, he went through the whole, he didn't just thank the commissioner, he thanked the associate commissioners. It was, uh, it was, it was pretty funny. Since you've left the country, some things have happened. There's been some increasing momentum for NCAA breakaway, kind of the chatter that began, uh, you know, a few months ago at the NCAA tournament uh, has increased. Mark Emmert came out this week and basically said, we're, you know, the NCAA is useless. It sort of said what we all knew because he knew at media days everyone was going to declare the NCAA useless. So he got out ahead of it. Uh, Dennis Dodd and Ross Dellinger bo- both wrote good stories filled with like your typical pissed off administrators quotes at the NCAA, which like we've sort of been hearing for a while, but post-Supreme Court ruling have become a little bit a uh, little bit more real. Yeah, a lot of playoff chatter. I mean, it's a media day, right? Like it's there's well, the breakaway. What what are we talking? Are we talking division one from everyone else? Are we talking power five from I mean, I, I've yet to hear how this this thing works. That makes any sense. Yeah, nobody like handed me a model, but I, I would think that it becomes some version of football breaks away from everything. That's how I've interpreted it. And again, this could be it could be radically different because the leagues may not want to do it. The simplest version is power five football plus a handful go and and start their own world. And then everything else falls under an umbrella. And that way you don't lose the 
NCAA basketball tournament basketball contract. And I really think that that the, the biggest obstacles to some kind of breakaway have always been the NCAA tournament just in in, in leaving its normal form. And it's been politics. If Indiana leaves, Notre Dame leaves, right, really more Indiana, Ball State and Indiana State get pissed and sue them and politicians get in the way. The same way that the Pac-12 expansion got blown up when they wanted Texas and Oklahoma and the same way that Virginia Tech got wedged into the ACC back in the day. Politics matter at that level when you go to boards and everything like that. So the noise has increased, really. That, that, that's really it. All right. What, what is the benefit these guys are coming up with on why you would do just Power Five and, you know, whatever, Notre Dame and a few other? What's the benefit? So the quote that from Ross's story, which was excellent on uh, Pat's Big City Magazine website, uh, SI.com, was basically like, we don't want some school at, we don't want Binghamton dictating what Alabama does or whatever. We don't want some school up in the Northeast uh, dictating what uh, what happens in Alabama. So they want more autonomy under the umbrella. And Emmert even said, like, the, the rules for field hockey shouldn't be the same as the rules for football. It's essentially further galvanizing what we've already known is that football and basketball are their own two pods of money making and then everything else is either a giant money loser or a moderate money loser there are rare exceptions but for the most part that's uh that's that's those are the lines of delineation so eventually the pressure points are building for some kind of breakaway on, on how, those how much does the bingington have any say now i, I no, just bingington I, has a huge say dan yeah <laughs> <laughs> as it should their uh, SWA just, is on a committee. <laughs> I hear these quotes and I'm like, what? Like what? What happened? Where uh, is those this? are like rally the like base quotes. Like they should be given at like the hog call in uh, Conway. We're not letting Binghamton push us yeah. around. Yeah. These are just applause line. Like those are very much rally the base quotes. Yes. <laughs> Where's Binghamton? What 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 point do these small schools have any control over the big schools? Well, they have a voice, and they're the point. The the point. Yeah, is they that lose they shouldn't every have any vote. Voice. Again, we've expressed, I think, on the pod, our faithful listeners will know some skepticism to how this happens, but the volume is increasing. And look, it's talking season, right? So I will say this, like. Greg Sankey has long been dismayed by what's happening with the NCAA, in part because he's kind of a believer in the importance of the NCAA. Like some people just dismiss the NCAA out of hand. Sankey's a compliance guy at heart, and he's a process guy at heart. And he's not like a guy who lets emotion lead his decision making. He's a very bright guy. And so I think, and he has called out, Pat, didn't you get like a leaked document from the SEC uh, about a year ago where Sankey excoriated them for enforcement stuff? I got a document. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if it was leaked or not. Sorry. I'm just trying to reveal your sources. I don't want the the KGB to beat down that hotel room in Tokyo and take you away. But (laughs) I'm sure. But no, yes, it was, it was, it was Sankey going after, mostly after the uh, NCAA enforcement. Yeah. So. Sankey's been mad for a while, and I think people are now like less afraid to say it out loud because people have anonymously been crushing Emirate and then say just for relentlessly for months. The, the funniest thing is like I'm still waiting for someone to defend Emirate. Like like zero people have come out and said he's doing a swell job. Larry Scott would do that once in a while when he was there because they were buddies. Emirate hired him. Michael Crow at Arizona State, the president, is sort of like an old Emirate guy from back in the day because they were presidents together. But for the most part, the silence has been amazing. Like, it's like almost really hilarious that 
you know, the 20 something people on the NSA Board of Governors who unanimously gave him the contract extension. And I don't know if I can think of a more uniformly less popular leader in all of sports than Mark Emmert at this moment. And now that it's it's being said out loud more and the prospect of breaking way is being said more and even he's trying to redefine what the NCAA is. It's just becoming more and more apparent how impotent that organization is and how just drastically behind it's been. And then all their legal strategy was grounded in staying behind. And then all that is blown up so famously. And here they are at this really, really awkward crossroads. It's basically like they they doubled down again and again and again and lost and lost and lost and lost. And now they're like, dragging out of the casino at 7 a.m. trying to start their retirement account again, like one penny at a time. They're really in a in a fascinating position. Yeah, it's I mean, I agree that it is it's as bad as I've ever seen it for the NCAA. I just still want to see somebody come up with a plan of what would take its place or how you either, you know, how you drastically remake it or how you replace it. Uh, and I, you know, they, they are the easiest pinata to batter right now. They deserve it. But again, what, what takes its place? And until I see that, then I'm not still convinced and they're not yet convinced that, that we are done with the NCAA. So Steve Berkowitz from USA Today does a great job with public records, public documents, sort of tracking the salaries and the bonuses. I mean, we give him a lot of credit for our Randy Edsel bonus fodder in the fall, which really is like the, the heart and soul of our podcast in a lot of ways. He uh, he did the digging yesterday. Mark Emmert credited with $2.9 million in total compensation for 2019 calendar year, uh, the association's tax documents show. Uh, base salary increase of over 175,000 uh, compared to the amount reported in 2018. And he had made as much as four million, but I think there was like a one-time uh, bump in there. Um, over its past six fiscal years, this is Berkowitz again by Berkowitz on Twitter. Over its past six fiscal years, the NCA has reported a total of 252 million in outside legal expenses and 69.1 million in legal cost insurance recoveries. NCA had. $67.7 million in legal fees during its 2020 fiscal year, its new tax return shows. The amount, according to separate NCA statement, includes an accrual of $34.8 million related to the Austin case. Think about those numbers. I mean, that is just to, like, like you bet on a terrible legal strategy and an antiquated notion. I just like the lack of vision there is that's it's criminal is strong, but it's certainly an abdication of any kind of coherent leadership like 60 something million on legal fees. Yeah, to to just get drubbed. Oh, by everyone. just pummeled. And to to by not coming up with a solution you you that that would have maybe found a compromise on your side, you've just lost and All right, look, no one, certainly not me, is going to ever say Emirate did a good job. I like when Mark Emirate they think of Mark Emirate's uh had a conference, had a, had a meeting with some reporters. Like I have never been invited to that. For <laughs> <laughs> like I, my email never comes through on that one. Not that they, I'm surprised. Yeah. The pod went over three on that, on that invite. I am not going to defend him. The guy's horrible. His legal plan, absolutely stupid. His lines are stupid. He's ripped the, the whole, the whole thing off. He, he sucks. But I still don't get, and I know we've gone over this, but the fact they keep bringing it up, how the hell do you get rid of the NCA? You just create another NCA. 
Binghamton is not stopping Alabama from doing anything. Kent is not stopping Ohio State from doing anything. And if you're going to have a football league with 64 teams, you're going to have a bunch of teams that go 1-11. and And unlike the National Football League, you don't get the number one recruit when you have the worst team. And if you're going to be down the bottom, how'd Penn State and Michigan like last season when they couldn't pad the old record? You were going to lose ticket sales. You were going to lose donations. You are going to get your ass kicked. It is a terrible idea to sit there and say, we're only going to play each other like a mini NFL. Would I like to watch it better? Hell yeah. Of course I would. I don't want to watch some of these games. But if you are an athletic department, I don't care if you're Alabama or on down. Does Alabama want to stake its deal on on running that gauntlet that they just did last year? And add a couple games? You're going to go 17-0 against only major college football every year? You're going to have, empty in the NFL, you'll get empty stands. You'll get TV ratings lower because your team sucks. The only thing that keeps that operation rolling is the hope. The Bengals are going to get Joe Burrow. The Jaguars are going to get Trevor Lawrence. When you go 1-11 in college football, you get the worst recruits. And the team, the Patriots and the Chiefs keep getting the top one. And the top eight of the top ten. What This thing doesn't make any sense. This is, this is what happens in college athletics. This is how they ended up with the BCS. This is how they defended amateurism. They, 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 there's no outside thinkers. They just repeat what the, the, the other ones say. What, how is this working? There is a lot of short-sightedness. And again, that's what I said. Let me see the plan for how you replace the NCAA or how you break away or how you just become a power five. Those games where they beat, you know, where Alabama beats Citadel and Clemson beats Presbyterian and, you know, every everybody plays those games. And we all complain about them from our standpoint. But here's what happens. You win 55, 56 to nothing and everybody says, hey, we're pretty good. They don't, you know, they totally factor out the level of competition. They walk out of the stadium feeling excited. They see more of the players. They have reason to believe the backups are all good. And there's more confidence. Yeah. You don't get twice as many home games in the NFL. It's equal. Well, now we're going 17, but over a two-year period, it's equal. This thing doesn't make any sense. I just, uh, give me something. Tell me how you get through the politician stuff that, that, uh, that Pete mentioned. Oh, Ohio State's just going to break away. I guess there's no state reps or senators in Akron, Kent, Bowling Green, Toledo, Cincinnati, Athens, Cleveland. Nobody represents those people. They'll just stand back and let you bankrupt all their schools. No problem, because we love the Buckeyes. It's not happening. This thing doesn't make, I, I don't get it. I, I I beg the AD that thinks this, that can really tell me how this is going to work. If you're Purdue, if you are, you know, Mississippi State, you're one of these mid-level to lower level in your leagues, this is the worst idea to ever come down the pipe. You're done. You are done. You're going 2-10 and 10 for the next 10 years in this system. You can't rebuild like the NFL because the draft doesn't work that way. No, one's, no good player is joining a 2-10 and 10 team. You rig the system, you go seven and five. Hey, look at us. We're in the Alamo Bowl. 
Penn State, you know, is, is usually happy to start the season playing Temple, a Mac school, and maybe, you know, like a, I don't know, maybe a lower level AAC or what. And then going 3-0, and well, how'd they start this last year? Starting against the Big Ten. They were 0-4 to start. You know what? <laughs> no one's coming in November when you're 0-4, baby. They're not making that drive to State College. They're not spending three nights there. Saturday night, whiteout. You ain't going to get 110000 in there when you start 0-4. It doesn't work that way. NFL stadiums are in big, huge cities with tons of people. And they still don't sell out. If the Eagles aren't any good, they don't sell out. You can walk. There's there's hundreds of thousands of people who could walk to, uh, to the Eagles games, let alone take the train. They don't have to drive. And and you wouldn't get. I mean, it's just I, this thing makes zero sense. I know they they. I, I don't even. I don't even get this concept. We're breaking away. Okay, then what are you going to do? Well, we'll create our. We'll create an organization that oversees the rules and enforces the rules and runs the championships and all that. Well, that's the NCA. Yeah. So you're going to create something. What are you going to call it? The BCS turned into the college football playoff, and it's the same guys running it. <laughs> so it's like, oh, okay. And then you have to you have to get the SEC to agree with the Big Ten, which recently has not been easy to get to agree with the Big Twelve, to agree with the Pac twelve, to agree with the ACC. I don't know who this is good for. So have you seen the quotes? And again, you guys have been uh, drinking on an airplane for the past twenty four hours. But the Bullsby <laughs> quotes from uh, Big Twelve Media Day, where he's basically indicated. It starts to become dangerous if the conferences start dictating their own rules. He called it a race to the bottom, um, which yeah, I thought was right. just kind yeah. of like, which was just kind of interesting. Like, right. certainly this would all be great pod fodder, by the way. Uh, one, one thing that's been established at SEC Media Days is, you know, kind of small talk. haven't seen some people in a while is like there has never been an offseason news cycle in college sports as like insane as this one. Would we all agree with that? Yeah, oh, yeah. Last year. Absolutely. Well, the Big yeah. Ten canceled their season and really well, <laughs> but yeah, one of it's yeah. I, I guess I kind of consider that last year and this year. I mean, everything that basically yeah. since March 12, twenty twenty. I I looked through. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Pete. I looked through the transcript of of Sankey today, and I don't believe he was asked about the playoff. So I missed him yesterday, <laughs> but it, and I looked through the transcript too. I don't. I don't know if uh, if he was. That's how crazy it is. You have a yeah. one of the four people who designed the playoff that will dramatically alter the way the championship is run. And I don't. I, I maybe I missed it, but I didn't see it when I read through the transcript. Nobody asked him about it. Like that's how crazy it is. That's a fairly big yes, topic. That's a great point. Yeah. No. No. I think that's <laughs> like transformational moment for the sport. Uh, he had some interesting quotes about uh, about enforcement. And uh, he kind of took them to task again. It was sort of the, him saying out loud what, what was written in that document that was not leaked to Pat. Um, the document Pat just discovered on his doorstep <laughs> one day in Louisville. Yeah, it, it's it is like it's a little it's a little dizzying. There was a lot of like, you know, sitting in those rooms, like listening to all the questions. Like there's a lot of name, image and likeness, which is obviously pretty transformative, too. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot happening. It's uh yeah, it's a good time to have a podcast that mocks the sport. So how 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 I and I understand these are different decisions, different departments, but it's kind of funny listening to the SEC commissioner criticize enforcement at all when one of the SEC schools employs Will Wade. Well, and Bruce Pearl too, <laughs> right? And, and 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 we can go down the list, but let's yeah, just go no, straight. It's a long list. Let's yeah, go those, straight with the. We can go down the list. Bruce I mean, isn't even. On. Bruce isn't on an FBI wiretap. Okay, this is. <laughs> 
He's not, but that investigation is large and vast and contains multitudes. And they still they still won't release the report, right? No, they never release their report. Yeah. One of the best robberies in college sports is Auburn compliance versus Pat Forty. <laughs> Twenty two hundred twenty two to zero right now. <laughs> I missed my days back in twenty twenty of actually going into the office like three different times. There, the, the the records office badgering them. There's no virgins in this uh, in this business, but uh, come on now. Well, and then speaking of of LSU, uh, somebody dared to ask Coach O about the uh, sexual assault uh, scandals down in Baton Rouge. Kind of terrible reporter, mean, trying to pick on Coach O like that. Who would do such a thing? Some some jerk. Yeah, Pete, Pete asked, and uh, uh, it's an ongoing investigation, Pete. Can't talk yes. about it. It's an ongoing investigation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so before media days yesterday, there's obviously been a lot of institutional issues at LSU. There's been a lot of issues from Les Miles' tenure at LSU. And then there's been issues that Orgeron's been linked to LSU. So it took me a good hour to like redigest everything and sort of contextualize it all. And I mean, it's a what a searing, searing problem at that university. And we should give a lot of credit to USA Today and to the Baton Rouge Advocate that have really done great work in bringing a lot of this stuff to light. And obviously, some of the victims who've spoken out are extremely brave. And uh, obviously, that takes uh, that takes a lot of courage. So that's uh, that's appreciated. But that has been one of the biggest like institutional stories in college sports this offseason, just with everything that's happening in LSU and, and the tumult there. So I asked Orgeron, about it at media day yesterday. And I knew he couldn't comment on an ongoing investigation. And that's always the easy out <clears throat> for anyone who, uh, who does that. And so I tried to ask something from the broader picture because of the institutional issues and the issues specifically in the football program, if they've changed anything or learned anything, I gave him a chance to maybe be a little bit reflective and, uh, yeah, he wouldn't hold that tiger. That got, that got shot. Uh, that got shot right. Uh, that got shot right down. Uh, it was uh, our favorite, uh, SEC follow on Twitter, as we uh, as we've discussed many times on the podcast, is uh, is Cecil Hurt, the uh, longtime Tuscaloosa News Alabama writer and uh, one of the wittiest men on Twitter. And he said he tweeted this: Ed Orgeron has no comment on sexual misconduct allegations in Baton Rouge, but closes with a "Thanks for asking" that had enough acid to poison a 500 pound alligator. In my column on uh, Yahoo about uh, LSU and Orgeron's tenuous future and. Uh, poor hiring of assistants. I mentioned that he answered as if somebody had poured sour milk in his gumbo. Yeah, it was interesting. It was, yeah, that was not a, that was not a big topic. LSU's tumultuous off season at, uh, at media day. So <laughs> everybody would rather talk about his alligator shoes, Pete. Come on. I mean, <laughs> if there's one thing that you're going to get at SEC media day is an inordinate number of questions on the shoes of the coaches and players. I, I, I am way tired with that annual topic. <laughs> There's no, there's no better encapsulation of Pat Forty than annoyed at SEC Media Days while sitting in Tokyo. He can like channel the annoyance from thousands of miles away. Still angry. <laughs> well, we yes. were over the Aleutian Islands. I did see like you know the the posts about Dan Mul the the you know eighth annual posts about Dan Mullen's shoes. It's like I just don't care what he has on his feet. <laughs> uh, you just hate Nike, Pat. Why do you hate Nike yeah, so much? Pat yeah. is exhausted. You and Michael Avenatti. <laughs> I don't think anyone hates Nike more than Michael Avenatti. Yeah. <laughs> if 
Thought he was going to get 22.5 out of him. Ended up uh, with <laughs> 180 months or something. Yeah, ended up with 22.5 years. Yeah. There's no month. What do you get? Three years on that one? I don't know. I don't remember. Well, Davinati, it's been a long time ago since I made Pat drink at the airport. And by made, I mean I ordered him a drink, guzzled <laughs> it down, and then ordered his own. And then I bet that story he wrote was the best one he's written in SI. Yeah. He just sang. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know it, man. Those transitions whistled, baby. <laughs> Coming down from a buzz while sitting in, a, in, a, in an airplane seat. That's some good writing. That August issue, it's, yeah, it'll just jump off the pages, man. Uh, so Shane Beamer, who, who Pete uh, glowed about on Twitter, uh, he recreated the uh, the the classic uh, ball coach pick when ball coach was coaching uh, South Carolina when he went to Arby's. Oh, right. Yes. He really, he's really got all the gimmicks. Oh, he does, man. He doesn't miss a trick. He he wins the PR battle every day. Let's see how many football games he wins on fall Saturdays. But like you can tell, Spurrier just like really what Muschamp did. It's very similar. That's- he looked at his quarterback room and was like, "Damn, I need to pull out all the gimmicks." <laughs> so it's actually it's a real setup because in the other one, uh, you know, I'm really analyzing this picture. There's two pictures. So one year at the at media day, they went to Arby's, South Carolina, and and. J- Davion Clowney took a picture of Steve Spurrier. It seems to be reaching for a little cup, one of those little cups so he could fill up with horsey sauce or whatever. Beamer is recreating it, but because of COVID, apparently, there's no horsey sauce pumps there. So, hate to hate this. What's that? What's that film? How do you say that? I got I got made fun of by Sarah Crennan, our boss on uh, Twitter, for not being able to say stuff. It's not, never good. Never good when you're in the yeah. communication business and your boss is like struggles to speak. <laughs> I mean, the good thing is she didn't call you up for mispronouncing the head coach of Clemson's name. She rather just called you up for not being able to say Acai. Yeah. So like at least like she doesn't know the true depths of your weaknesses, Dan. <laughs> she so does. She you, listens. I'm now now I'm now nervous. <laughs> you should be. You you need elocution classes or something. I can say I can uh I can say Shane Bieber. I said I said it wrong. I can say Shane Beamer. <laughs> I mean that Beamer name that hasn't been around very long. It's it's, it's a new it's a new, new guy, brand new, new guy in the block. Who ever heard of these guys? Yeah. I, I, did everybody yeah. gush? Just wait till Be- you have to start saying Uyunglele every week. That's going to go well. Oh Lord, DJ, DJ I'm, I'm, is yeah. the bailout. Think, DJ, think, thinking about quitting before the season. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you barely got Shashevsky down in like the late 2000s. No, so. no, I always got Shashevsky right. I was always good on that one. I just got to put a little effort in. I want to practice. I got plenty of time over here. Plenty of time. Well, we're uh, waiting for our single cabs to go back to cover anything. USC has 61 athletes taking part in the games. I'm reading Sully's stuff here. Thank you, Sully, for doing some prep work. I was too busy drinking. So I have one last football thought, and I always hate to hijack our podcast with football. In taking a look at the SEC, I did read some of uh, Pat's man crush, Phil Steele, on the plane down. And I have a column going this uh, this week on Yahoo about this uh, off of Georgia today. I don't think – I think the SEC has a bit of a quarterback problem going into this season. So Ooh, we'll just say this. Dan, who's juicy. the best quarterback in the SEC? I would go with uh, JT Daniels of Georgia. Pat, would you agree? <laughs> When I'm not sneezing, yes, I would agree. I would I would probably take JT over Matt Corral, Pat but I mean I COVID. think those those two guys Pat. are ahead of everyone else. <laughs> it said on those forms you had to fill out 
Did, did you sneeze? You lied to the Japanese government today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Isolate. No, I, I, you're gonna have to go to a Japanese isolation hotel. <laughs> Seriously, if you get we get COVID, we have to go to a Japanese isolation hotel. Our our hotels, our regular hotels, are a hundred square feet. What the hell is this isolation thing? I don't. I don't. I, I think terrified. the bed stands up. Pat Forty has COVID. Yeah, there we go. Let's start. That. He was also asleep when we started taping the podcast, and I got the call and wake him up. So <laughs> that's correct. We've been up for a while. It's tough. Sit- Put on my 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 hotel issue pajamas, though. I forgot to mention this. <laughs> what did the you hell? get these? Did you get the ho- did you get hotel pajamas? Uh, I, yeah, there seems to be a robe of some sort. I'm not touching that. <laughs> no, I'm not touching that. Are you kidding? Pajamas? Me? What? I think it's. I guess it's like a robe, but it looks more like pajamas, and I am not wearing it. Uh, the pr- the space is precious enough in this room. I don't need any of it taken up by somebody else's other, pajamas. Yeah, other garments. <laughs> like who wore those last? <laughs> what the hell? Right? How would you sleep in someone else's pajamas? That would be the worst. Way to- <laughs> what the hell kind of idea is that? It's a very very bad idea. <laughs> All right, just, I think that's a good sign that we should end this podcast. I'll just slip on some <laughs> other dude's pajamas. Yeah, it's time to end the podcast. Time for me to crawl back into bed without wearing the Japanese pajamas. Yes. Pat's gonna have not wake up having not remembered doing this podcast. It's gonna. I would say it would show up in his feed, and he'll be surprised. But Pat actually doesn't know how to use his podcast feed, so uh, it'll show up on Twitter, and Pat will be like, "Oh yeah, I remember vaguely waking up and doing that podcast." This is the greatest college football podcast that ever had two-thirds of it originate from japan <laughs> we never even got to 3292 man the missing guy oh that's right i'll, I'll you want to tell that story real quick we had two real weird, quick. it started getting weird in the in the in the five six hours <laughs> it, it started getting weird so after so, we made it through the spit test when you get the spit test you get a number and i think mine was 3615 and pat's was no you were you were 36 15, 15 I was 36, you were 36 16. 60 yeah okay so you get this thing and you take your spit test and then you have to sit and wait and they have like a this big scoreboard and when your number comes up it's like kino it's like the boringest <laughs> kino game ever your number comes up then you can go find out whether you pass the the, the spit test and yet whether you have COVID or not so you know it's going along and eventually you start seeing like 3590 3591 comes up and they they have us bored of all the ones that are like come pick up your thing so finally it gets us we notice 3292 has never gone and picked up his test so he's 400 people we're like what is what is 3292 doing right now in the tokyo airport that he's just hanging out for an extra couple hours theorized he made a run for it there was no bar open like no, no I think he made a run for like, it. And he's is... loose. He's with the Uganda na- uh, weightlifter who just made a run for it. They both. He had COVID and just died. Thirty-two, ninety-two. Never got his pe- test. And there's hundreds of people came later. That is yeah. hours of waiting. The miss. I'm gonna go. I'm di- I'm dying to find out who thirty-two, ninety-two was. Yeah, then he's there on was the lamb. One woman walking around with a sign saying something in Japanese and then said, "Baloney Eros." E-R-O-S. Baloney Eros. That's what the word. And I, I thought Eros was love in like Greek. I took Greek a long time ago. Baloney, of course, is baloney, unless it's something else. I don't know. <laughs> we just 
It's the international language of cured meat. <laughs> and then we don't know what the Japanese word was. That was perhaps the most bizarre sign I've ever. We spent a little while killing time in line trying to find out who or what Baloney Eros was. Eros was the Greek god of love. Yes. We found I mean, an Instagram account so much? of Baloney Eros. No, I'm, I'm kind of pro Baloney. <laughs> I think sure. on this trip, I might be real pro Baloney, really. We'll see. <laughs> you get that 7 Eleven uh, meat. That's right. Baloney Eros. If I play fantasy football team, football this year, that might be my team. What the hell is that? These are two words I never thought would go next to each other. And what was the Japanese word? I just. So many mysteries. Baloney arrows is what Bo Nix is going to be throwing this <laughs> this year. I think we need daily pictures on Pat's Instagram stories. Now, again, this is going to test his technological no way. threshold. No way I think we happening. need daily pictures of what he buys at the 7-Eleven. <laughs> I can do that. Or at least if I you don't put them on Instagram stories, send them to the, 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 the pod group text. There you Pat, go. Huh? Yes, yeah, the, the, Pat's eats. The 7-Eleven quest. The 7-Eleven survival the daily survival kit from 7-Eleven. Like at the Rio Olympics, my goal was to learn how to order a, a six-inch turkey sub or a foot-long turkey sub at Subway in Portuguese. And and I almost did it. Almost. <laughs> Three <laughs> weeks close. later, you almost got it. I got close. Trinta, there was a tomate. I can't remember all the stuff. The, my sandwich artists were tremendous. I tipped them well. They, they kind of were in on it. The fellow patrons, pretty yeah, good. I'm worried we're not going to have that bonding experience on this trip, unless me and the sub 7-Eleven counter people. This you is know. your chance. If they're, yeah, Somehow you are allowed to go to 7-Eleven. I don't believe I'm allowed to, but if I can, yeah. This could so be your I thing. got that in a beer vending machine in the hall. I mean, I'm, I'm not doing that bad here. Yeah, much better than we thought. All right. Let's end this. We're going to be back later this week, though, I think. we got to preview the ACC Big Ten. And, yeah, uh, I'm at a ACC Media Days. So we can have a little uh, little fodder on that. But. All right, let's do it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Please subscribe and uh, and share with your friends and uh, leave us nice reviews and all of those things you're supposed to do. Talk to you later.